Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Ya ayyuhal muslimun. To the long-time listener and first-time visitor, we welcome you to this episode. Now without further ado, let's get into it. Alhamdulillah, hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarudda'a. Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah. وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد الحمد لله على نعمة الإسلام والسنة All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah يا عباد الله Al-Falah bifahmi maqasid al-nikah Success by way of understanding the objectives of marriage Naam Success by way of understanding the objectives of marriage In the previous sitting And if you haven't heard that sitting Then inshallah ta'ala We advise that you go back and you listen to that one first inshallah ta'ala Because here we're going to be picking up where we left off in that sitting Naam There we mention a few of the objectives of marriage. Naam. We mentioned a few of the objectives of marriage. So we continue, inshallah, ta'ala. And I don't want to recap because I don't want to make this unnecessarily longer than what it needs to be. Bithnilahi um, ta'ala. Naam. Because I don't want to have to do, come back now and do a part three. So inshallah, ta'ala, we're going to try to keep it to just two parts. Bithnilahi ta'ala. Naam. So for that reason, we're not going to recap. In any event, I digress. We left off before mentioning the next objective of marriage. And that next objective of marriage is so that we may live in a good manner with one another. In other words, to establish a good life. In order to establish a good life, we have to be married. Marriage helps us establish a good life. And from the objectives of marriage is to establish a good life. A good life meaning that is healthy mentally, ma'am, as well as everything else, as well as physically and, you know, emotionally, ma'am. But one that it helps us, it helps our emotional health, it helps our mental health, it helps us, ma'am, across the board, it helps us. Of course, that, that woman who's going to be a support for you, and likewise for the sisters, that man who's going to be a support for you, Naam, that person is going to be your confidant, that person who's going to be there with you through the ups and the downs, and so on and so forth. That dependable person in your life. Marriage helps to establish this. And a sign of a healthy marriage is that each individual partner becomes that for their counterpart. That's signs of a healthy marriage. But a marriage where a man cannot rely upon his wife nor vice versa a marriage where the woman she does not see her husband as a source of support but she looks for support elsewhere this is signs of a bad marriage this sign of a bad marriage no one gets married for that so be that as it may it is important that we select spouses with all of this in mind, with the big picture, not just the here and right now, but we look at the big picture, ma'am. 
Is this a person that's going to be supportive? Is this a person that's going to have my back? Is this a person that I'm going to be able to confide in? Is this a person who will keep my trust? Is this a person who I can trust? All of these things have to be assessed. Right? That makes sense? All of these things have to be assessed. In any event, one of the ways in which we are able to accomplish this in our lives is by way of marriage. It's by way of marriage. Naam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his noble book, he says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ And from his signs. Naam. And خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا That he makes for you from your spouses. That he makes from you, from you, for you spouses. Naam. And Allah ta'ala here is addressing um, the men. Allah ta'ala is addressing the men. And from his signs is that he made from you women women as spouses as wives why so that you may live with her in good so that you may live with her in good that makes sense Nam. so that you can have a good life with her Allah Ta'ala he says and he made between you two Affection and mercy. So affection and mercy, these are also signs of a good marriage. Affection and mercy. So when picking a spouse, you need to reflect on this. Is this a person that is affectionate? Is this a person that is merciful? Or does this person come across as being rough and abrasive, a person who is not merciful? Because if that is the case, and this is a person, you don't want to marry that person. That's not the one. So, one of the objectives of marriage is to have a good life. Someone who could be there as a support for you. Someone who could be there to help you. Someone who could be there to aid you. Someone who could be there for you to assist you. Someone who you confide in. Someone who you can vent to. Someone who will not mentally abuse you will not emotionally abuse you, will not physically abuse you. Someone who will be affectionate towards you, not someone who will treat you abrasively and in a rough manner as if they don't care anything about you. Someone who will be merciful towards you, not someone who will not show you any type of mercy and consideration. All of these are from those things in which marriage helps to establish and we have to keep this in mind and know this when we're picking our spouses and deciding on who to marry so it's not just about the one who is attractive it's not just about the one who has the bank account it's not just about the one who 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 to the end of it but it's about one who is righteous one who's going to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as relates to you one who's going to do right by you and treat you in a manner that is just in a manner in that they have been commanded to deal with you and interact with you in. One who is going to be able to take care of your your mental needs, your emotional needs, your um, physical needs, so on and so forth. Now, all of these things are extremely, extremely important. And these are things in which the marriage, it comes to fulfill. So these are from the objectives of marriage. Next is that by way of marriage, an individual 
can seek after those good deeds that cannot be attained except in marriage. So there are a host of good deeds that you can only get through marriage. You can't get them any other way. So marriage helps us to attain these good deeds. So when you hear this and you understand this, then you realize that marriage is always an option. Okay? Muslims should never think in their mind, well, marriage is, is nice, but you know, not really important or it's not really necessary. No, marriage is always necessary, always. So I encourage the Muslims to marry. I encourage the young to get married. And I encourage the parents to help, to help their children um, get married when they are of age to do so, to help them and to assist them. Not to tell the boys, listen, and you know, you can't get married until you can do X, Y, and Z. Knowing how difficult it is for a male to reach that point in society where they can do everything across the board by themselves. Now, you have grown adults who've been adults for decades and they have a hard time making it on their own. They need help, right? You have grown adults who've been adults for decades who have a hard time making it on their own. So now you wanna tell a young adult, right? Someone who's new to adulthood you got to make it everything on your own until then you then get destroyed because you know how much time is going to be between that until that, you know, how much time that until uh, is going to take. And then what are you going to do in the meantime? You understand? Oh, just fast. Now I'm fasting is, is, is a way to help. But fasting is what is the second option, not the first option. It's the second option. Now your parents helping helps you to be able to do it. So I encourage, I encourage the, 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 the parents, help your children. If that means that your son and his wife has to live with you, so be it. Let them live with you. Let them live with you. Naam, why not? Let them live with you and the halal. Help them. And how beneficial is this? Because you're able to help a young couple Learn how to be a couple, learn how to be married, learn how to interact with one another, learn how to talk to one another, learn how to resolve differences, learn how to resolve conflicts, so on and so forth, when they have people helping them. Not saying that you overly get involved in their relationship, right, and become overbearing, but that you're there as an anchor, you're there as a support in the event of, if they need, you know, break glass in the event, right? That, the, that you're there for that, that you can help them. You can help them stay together. You can help them weather these storms, these emotional storms and things of this nature. You can help them learn how to be their ideal husband and the ideal wife. But you're not going to be able to do this if you yourself are not that. The one who is deprived of something, they will not have the ability to give it. So it is important that we learn how to be the ideal spouse, that we learn as men how to be the ideal husband, and that the women, they learn how to be the ideal wife. Because, let's be real, not all of us got married knowing these things. Not all of us got married having these skill set. Not all of us got married knowing what we know now. Now, a lot of us got married and we didn't know what we didn't know. You understand? But now we know better, so it's time to do better. And from the benefits of doing better is that it will increase 
your own life and enhance your own life and your own situation now it would help better your relationship with your spouse but also you'll be able to be an example for your children of what to do and you'll be able to help your children in doing what they need to do when they become married okay so in any event marriage it helps us to have good lives and it helps us to attain those benefits and rewards that you can only get from marriage okay so let's bring an example what are those benefits you can only get in marriage well the one that strikes out most obviously and the one that we're going to talk about because it's most obvious is what is through copulation now through copulation through sexual intercourse through sexual intercourse the Quran Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, وَفِي بُرْعِ أَحَدِكُمْ صَدَقَةً And in the copulation of one of you with their spouse, then there is charity. Naam. In the copulation of one of you with their spouse, having intercourse with the spouse, in it is صَدَقَةً Charity. That's a form of charity you cannot get. You'll never get it unless you're married. Okay? Qalu. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, Ayati Ahaduna Shahwatahu, Wayakunu Lahu, Fiha Ajr. They said, O Messenger of Allah, one of us will go to their desires and they'll get a reward for that? One of us will go to fulfill their sexual desire and they'll get a reward for doing that? فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ So the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said, أَرَأَيْتُمْ لَوْ وَضَعَهَا فِي حَرَامٍ لَكَانَ عَلَيْهِ فِيهَا وِزْرٍ He said, have you not seen or what is your opinion? If one of you were to do it in an improper manner, if one of you were to do it in the haram, would there be upon him a sin? And of course, the answer is, yeah. The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said, وَكَذَلِكَ إِذَا وَضَعَهَا فِي الْحَلَالِ he said, likewise, if he does it in the halal, then he will have a reward. If he does it in the halal, then he will have a, a reward. Likewise for her, if she fulfills her sexual desires with her husband, then she'll get a reward. Just like if she were to fulfill her sexual desires with someone who's not her husband, She's going to get a sin. Okay? So, this is something that is important for us to understand. And maybe this will change the way we look at copulation for those who need that advice, right? Because some people, for whatever the case is, perhaps they need an encouragement. Perhaps they need an encouragement to not only be mindful and cognitive of their own desires, but also to pay attention to the desires of their spouse. Ma'am? Also to what? To pay attention to the desires of their spouse. To shed light on this, Imam al-Nawawi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he mentions inside of his explanation of a Sahih Muslim, right? <coughs> Excuse me. As the aforementioned hadith was collected by Imam Muslim, Imam al-Nawawi, rahimullah ta'ala, he mentions 
وفي هذا دليل على أن المباحات تصير طاعات بالنيات الصادقات نعم الصادقات he says so from this we see that things that are generally allowed can become acts of worship if the intention if the intentions are sound or true if the intentions are true and sincere then they will turn into worship okay فالجماع, so compilation or sexual intercourse يكونوا عبادة could become worship you hear that? sexual intercourse could become worship so for those who need that encouragement remember this that that sexual intercourse could become what? worship نعم and this is in particular those who perhaps they become a bit imbalanced in their life. So they may say, listen, I'm going to stand here and at nighttime I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray to Hajjud. Okay? And um, I know my wife, she may have some needs and things like that, but you know what? She'll she be alright. I need to get this prayer in. Remember, brother, that if your intention is proper, you can leave the worship of standing at night and worshiping Allah to the worship of satisfying the needs of your wife and vice versa, sister. Now, so you're not losing out on anything, but you're going from one worship to another worship. So you benefit. You benefit. Hands down. You benefit. This, like I said, this for those who, who need to hear that. So, So, compilation, sexual intercourse, it could become worship. It could become worship if they intend by it the fulfillment of the rights of the wife. If they mean by it the fulfillment of the rights of the wife. Naam? So brothers, if you intend to fulfill the needs of your wife, then this is going to be ibadah for you. And you're going to be rewarded for it by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمُعَاشِرَاتَهَا بِالْمَعْرُوفِ And if you intend by it to live with her in a manner that is good, that manner that Allah Ta'ala, الَّذِي أَمَرَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى بِهِ That manner that Allah Ta'ala has commanded men to live with their wives. Naam, to live with them in a manner that is good. Meaning, to live with them in ma'roof. They live with them and they give to them everything that is known to be good. That's why it's called ma'roof. Something that is well known to be good. Okay? So, for example... Is it known to be good that a man buys his wife presents? Is that known to be good, good interaction? Yeah. So men are encouraged, so we encourage what to buy wives presents. It's like we encourage to generally give presents one to another. Tahadu, tahabu, 
give presents and you will increase love amongst yourselves. Naam. So how much more so your wife? So now I'm giving the wife presents and this is generally, this is known to be good. Everyone knows it's being good. No dispute, undisputably good, right? Likewise, um, paying her bills, buying her clothes, taking care of her, so on and so forth. All this is known to being good. That's interacting with someone in a good manner. That's known. Smaruf is well known. No one has to explain that. This is common sense. So then likewise, taking care of her physical needs enters into interacting with your spouse in a good manner. Because if someone had a spouse and they were physically frustrated, sexually frustrated, nah, um, unsatisfied, so on and so forth, would you say that woman is in a good situation? No, you say that's, that's, that's pretty bad. That's a bad situation. That's not very helpful to her. But if she was in a situation where she was sexually satisfied, in a situation where she didn't come up wanting in this regard, as relates to her interaction with her husband, then you will say, oh, she's in a good situation. She's in a good situation. That's good. Meaning from this aspect, right? Everything else got to be there too. So not just this part is good, but then the rest of your relationship is total chaos. <laughs> no, everything got to be there. Okay. Not, I, I don't pay the bills and I don't take care of her. I don't spend on her and this and that, that and that, but I can do that. Then no, you're not worth that much, brother. You got to bring it all to the table, brother. Got to be a man, period. And being a man, just not inside the bedroom. You got to be a man, period. In the bedroom, outside the bedroom, in the house, outside the house, right? You got to be a man. The same applies for the women as well, that they have to um, look after the needs of their husband and that they'll be rewarded for doing that. And that this enters into interacting and living with one another in a good manner, right? So, if your intention is to take care of the, the, the needs of your spouse, you'll be rewarded. Or another way, another intention that you'll be rewarded for as well, or if you're trying to get pregnant, if you're trying to get pregnant because you want to have righteous children. If that's your intention for laying down and for, and, and for copulating, right, um, having intercourse, then that's a good deed. You'll be rewarded for that. You'll be rewarded for that, for trying to get pregnant and have it, and so you can have good children. You'll be rewarded for that. Or, i'faf nafsihi. Listen, aw i'faf nafsi. Or if he's seeking contentment for himself, or if she is seeking contentment for herself. Then this is also, you also will get a reward for this. You also will get a reward for this. Or if you are seeking or if you're seeking to satisfy solely your wife. Now, I want you to pay very close attention to this and what is meant by this and how this differs from fulfilling the rights. Because of course, by fulfilling the rights and giving her her, her haq, naam, and he and he lays down with her to give her her haq, the husband with the wife, to get rewarded. Likewise, if she lay down with him to give him his right, then she 
yani, uh, will get rewarded. Okay, so they both will get rewarded. But also, listen, if your intention in doing so is so so as to suffice them, right? Either the man to suffice the woman, or the woman to suffice the man. That will prevent the both of them from looking at haram. From looking at the haram. I'm going to say that again. From looking at the haram. So if their intention is to satisfy sexually their partner so that their partner will not look at the haram, that they would satisfy their partner that will prevent them, bar them from looking at haram. So they sex so they will satisfy sexually their partner in a manner where they don't need no haram. They, they you know they ain't worried about none of that. Why? Because they they're well fed at home. You understand? They're well fed at home. So they don't gotta look for nothing in the street or anything anywhere else. Right? So this now becomes what? Medicine for those who have a sound heart. I'm not talking about those perverts who are sick, evil hearted individuals. There's nothing you could do with an evil hearted individual. A person who's sick, nothing you could do with them. But a person that has a good heart, a person that has a good heart, then you'll be you'll They'll, uh, you'll be able to help them as a spouse to lower their gaze by making sure their needs are fulfilled. Fulfilled in a manner that they wouldn't even worry about anything else. They wouldn't, they wouldn't even come to their minds. Something else for what? I'm good now. I got what I have right here. You understand what I'm saying? So this is something that's very important. And it's something that can be taken as a, again, as a medicine Especially in this society we live in. This society is crazy. This society is crazy. Now, so this is a medicine that there's some couples out there. You need this. So apply it. Implement it. Take it. So it would help them not to look at the haram. Also, or to think about it. Because maybe they won't look at it, but they're thinking about it. They're imagining fantasizing over someone else why because their spouse is not fulfilling um, them in this regard them it's not satisfying them in this regard that's a problem that's a problem oh or to even have a concern for it meaning well they ain't worried about nothing else going on why? Because they have what they need right there. They're, they're happy with what's in the house. Okay? So again, I want you to look at all of this. Because this helps for a sound, healthy marriage. And I want you to remember that a lot of this, what we're talking about right now, you have to have on your mind before you marry somebody. Before you marry somebody. So to marry someone who you don't believe could fulfill these aspects is not advisable. It's not advisable, okay? To marry someone who you do not believe could fulfill these aspects, it is not advisable. Because if that's your only spouse, 
then how are you going to fulfill these aspects of your life if you marry someone who you know you're not attracted to? If you marry someone who you know you are not attracted to? Beautiful personality, right? Very religious, beautiful personality, sweet person. But to you, looks like a monster. Horrible looking, ugly. Right? Someone who you don't even want to kiss them. If you don't even want to kiss them, you don't even want them touching your hand. Then how, then how are you going to be intimate? So this aspect, and maybe I don't need to talk too much about it because most people, that's the only thing on their mind anyway, unfortunately, is this aspect. But this aspect is also important because I know of some cases of individuals who are not thinking like this. And usually it ends very bad. Ends very bad. Usually ends in divorce, but not like a smooth one. It's very bad, traumatic situation. So this also has to be upon the mind of an individual, bidnilahi ta'ala, when going into a marriage to make sure that they marry someone who's also, um, you know, could fit the bill in this regard. Okay? And as far as anything else, then, of course, it involves good communication and, and action and so on and so forth. You understand what I mean? Um, inshallah ta'ala. And then everybody will um, be happy, inshallah ta'ala. If this is your intention to help your spouse stay away from haram, that's a good deed. That's a good deed. Okay? To help yourself or your spouse or both of you together stay away from haram, either looking at it, thinking about it, being worried about it, so on and so forth, then that's a good deed. Or other than that, from righteous objectives, then you get rewarded for it. So this type of reward you can only get via marriage. And this is a, this is a reward for you in your lifetime. But listen, marriage is also the gateway for a reward that will extend beyond your lifetime. It will extend beyond your death. So marriage is important because if marriage is the way or from the ways that you can have good deeds after you die, then is marriage really an option? Maybe, maybe not. No, no, marriage is definitely, I need to get married. That has to be intention. If Allah takes my soul before I get married, okay, I'm okay with that. But my intention is to get married. My intention is to strive to get married before I die. That's my intention. And that should be your intention, everybody's intention is what to get married because these things here we need, especially the uh, the good deeds after we're dead. Come on, anybody anybody out there do so much good deeds you feel like I'm good. Once I, once I die, I got everything I need to make the right side scale heavy to outweigh the left. Anybody feel like that? Anybody feel like that? If you feel like that, if you feel like that, and I'm talking to you right now who feels like that, if you're someone out there and you truly feel like that, something's wrong with you. Because no person in their right mind should be that deluded and big on themselves that they be thinking like that. I'm so good, I'm good. I did so much good time, did so much good deeds. When I'm when I'm dead, that's it. I'm straight. I don't need another one more good deed. I'm good. man, you crazy. You crazy. So that's just, you know, public service announcement. You think like that? Something wrong with you. Crazy. 
ala kulli hal. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِذَا مَاتَ الْإِنسَانِ انْقَطَعَ عَنْهُ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ Then when a man dies, all of their good deeds are cut off except from three. Except from three. إِلَّا مِنْ صَدَقَةٍ جَارِيَةٍ Except from the صَدَقَةٍ that keeps going, that perpetual صَدَقَةٍ like a person digs a well, for example, then as long as people are drinking from that well, they'll be rewarded, right? Um, or they help to build a masjid, as long as people are benefiting from that masjid, going there to pray, read Quran, you know, tarawih, so on and so forth, um, they'll, they'll be rewarded. Or helps to build a school or orphanage or a health clinic and, right? Things like that, I think it's well known. Then a person, they will uh, receive a reward as long as that institution is there, even if it's long after their death, they'll still benefit. Al-Ilman, or from a knowledge that they left behind, or from a knowledge that they left behind in the form of writings, right, uh, pupils, so on and so forth. They left behind a legacy of knowledge that people could benefit from. And that legacy of knowledge that people can benefit from, it doesn't have to be because you became Shaykhul Islam, right? It doesn't have to be because you became Shaykhul Islam. But it can be something as simple, and we overlook this a lot, unfortunately. It can be something as simple as you taught children how to read. You taught children how to read their alphabet. Naam? Alif, Bata. Naam? You taught them their alphabet. You taught them how to read. You taught them what is Fatha, Kasra, Dhamma. Naam? So they can say, A, E, U, Ba, B, Bu, Ta, T, Tu. Ma'am, so on and so forth. You taught them how to read. That is some knowledge, a legacy that will benefit you. Because everyone who you teach is how to read for the rest of their life, when they read the Quran, you're going to be rewarded for that. You're going to be rewarded for that. And if they teach somebody how to read, then you're going to be rewarded for that person's reading as well. And if they teach someone how to read, the person who you taught and then taught them and so on and so on, right? Third one down the chain learns how to read, then you get benefit from them too. And if they teach people how to read, you get benefit from them too. And if one of them becomes a teacher in the school, for example, uh, a weekend program or an everyday program, we may have a school program, and they teach a multitudes in a class full of, of, of children how to read, then you'll get rewarded for all those too. And you only start about what teaching one person how to read. And you see how fast that can multiply until your calculator <laughs> runs out of space, right? Do you see how fast it can cal calculate? And all you did was what? You, you taught one child how to read. Think about that. Think about that. So, so just imagine, just imagine. So this should be an encouragement for, for myself and for you to what to, to 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 learn to learn Arabic, learn how to read. Why? Just so you could teach other people how to read, because you you should want this reward. You should want this reward. But again, al faqidul shay what la yarthihi, the one who's deprived of something what they can't give it. So in order to be able to give it, you have to already have it to be able to give it away. Naam. So that that's something that is tremendous. Naam. What's connected to this class, what we're talking about now, is the last one. Aw waladin salihin yad'u lahu. 
or from a righteous child that makes dua for them or for from a righteous child that makes dua for the parent after they were after they're dead so your children then they are gateways and means for you to receive good deeds after you are dead in order to have a righteous child to make dua for you then what you have to get married because in order to lay down with the opposite sex in order to get pregnant you are you got to be married so these are just some of the objectives of marriage that should be an encouragement for us to get married and to find and look for the right people to marry so that these objectives could be fulfilled by way of marriage. Till next time we meet. استودعكم الله والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته